Mark chapter 7. And as I promised you on last week, we're going to go straight to Mark chapter 7 and bring a little bit more clarity to the verses that we have been trying to get to for some time now. But we have been doing a series of teachings titled Trapped by Your Traditions. We get this from our text. Trapped, will you say that? Trapped by your traditions. And if you will, will Miss Hill put the definition that we're using for the word traditions up on the screen that we get uh, from the Word of God? And what do I mean by traditions? And if you will, let's read this out loud so it can cement or get into your spirit. Laying aside the commandment or the Word of God and promoting the traditions of men as commandments or doctrines of God. So that's what we're talking about. Individuals who have been trapped, ensnared, have become entangled by traditions and doctrines that man has imposed on people and not that of God. Are you here? That word tradition, it also means things that have been handed down or passed on or passed down from one generation to the next. Now, one of the things that we stated on last week, why this is so important, that what we cling to is indeed the Word of God is because God is bound by His Word, not by man's tradition. In other words, God is not going to come into agreement, man of God, no matter how sincere a believer is with something that has not been stated or something that he has not declared. And see, sometimes we could get caught up in a tradition, and even though we are Christians, nothing's working, then the devil now has got a stronghold on you because now he begins to accuse you that this does not work without having told you that you're no longer, but you're, you're no longer following uh, the truth, but you're following tradition. So, but one of the things why, and this is probably the most important, uh, why we have to stay in agreement with the word is because that when we uh, follow man's tradition, it makes the word of God of no effect. Someone say no effect. In other words, when I follow tradition, it deprives me of the authority of God's word from operating in my life. In other words, following traditional, man-made tradition, those traditions that goes against the word of God, it counsels the word of God. It makes it null and void. So although you are a believer, the word of God is not working for that individual because that individual is following tradition and not truth. Are you here? So, uh, then again, and I said this, and we're getting right into Mark, whenever you try to become right with God by your own works and efforts, you deprive the authority of God's word from working in your life. It has no effect on your life. You counsel its effectiveness. So it's important that you lay hold to the word of God. That's why we should be all the more grateful, appreciative when we are in a house that's not only established by God, but the truths of God's word are being disseminated. Mark 
chapter number seven. See, I said something. I don't think it's really sinking in. See, you can get so caught in the rhythm of a thing that you're no longer conscious that what you're doing is not working. And when you look throughout the body of Christ, a majority of what most are doing, even though they are sincere to heal, is not working. Why? Because they're caught in the rhythm of tradition. <laughs> I knew this to be true. I know this to be true. Are you with me? So, and as a result, many have become traumatized by tradition. In other words, there's a lot of mental fracture or mental disturbances, mental anxiety. And to prove that, uh, we see a lot of that took place when the pandemic was pervasive. When church resumed, regular worship resumed, every church experience, uh, there were those who have not made it back yet. And I submit some haven't made it back is because they were tired of the rhythm, of the repetition, of the tradition. They were exasperated. They felt good getting up, not having to dress a certain way. They could watch you online with makeup on, with jewelry on, with nothing or whatever the case was. They didn't have to worry about this person looking at you funny. They didn't have to worry about being judged watching you online. So when church resumed, a lot of people were exasperated. Now, you need to be connected. Are you with me? It, it, then they become self-righteous themselves. They're like, well, I don't, I don't need to be connected. Well, that's not according to Scripture because God created fellowship for you. And you need to be part of a, an assembly. But my point is there were those who were, they were just, in, in layman terms, they were fried out with the religiosity of church antics. Are you with me? You guys in Mark 7? And I said this, many, and this is true, are trapped by denominational traditions. Someone say denominational traditions. Those things that in various denominations, rules, regulations that man have imposed on people, that's not word or the word out of context, and they're binding people by it. It makes the word of God of no effect. And here's the thing you, about, you have to understand about human nature. Human nature is prone to hold on to worn out man-made traditions while ignoring and or disobeying the word of God. I said again, human nature is prone to hold on to worn out man-made traditions while ignoring or disobeying the word of God. What do you mean human nature is prone to hold on to worn out traditions? When, when you've done something so long and you try to establish something new, you immediately hear, we've always done it such and such way. Are you with me? We've always done it this way. In other words, what they're saying is that we have done this so with great regularity that it's common now. And if you break it, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> Are you with me? And I submit to you, following man-made traditions or following Denominational man-made traditions accounts for a lot 
of the, the clenching in the church. That's why a lot of ministries are declining. Again, people are tired of, 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 of routine. Rules imposed on them that's not of God. And something else, Holy Spirit, as I was meditating this morning, and I want you to write this down. We must be careful of following man's tradition lest we fall prey to idol worship. And that is what has happened to a lot of individuals. They have fallen prey to idol. It's nothing more than idol worship. And we're going to see this in our text. Idol worship is when you revere something or someone else above or more than God or the one true God. Idol worship is anything that replaces or you place above God. So if I'm placing a tradition above the word of God, like we're about to see in our text, that is a type of idol worship. Why? Because I am now worshiping the opinions of man. And I have replaced man above God. And we wonder why certain things don't work. Oh, this is so good. And that time is moving. I said this. What you can expect whenever you confront and break away from traditions or doctrines of men. Not going to Elaborate on them, but I will tell you what they are, okay? So th th there's going to be deprecation. There's going to be some disapproval. You, you, you will get run down. <laughs> They're going to run you in a hole. They're going to tell you you're everything but a child of God, but you hold to the truth of God's word. There's going to be agitation. There's going to be agitation. There's going to be agitation uh, on both sides. There's going to be agitation of that, that, that spirit man who is now uh, uh, who is now gravitated to the truth that has been shared, okay? And the old man fighting to stay in the old way or the old way. So there's going to be a, it, it, that's going to be normal. Then there's going to be an agitation from the people who are still stuck trying to get you to remain where they are. Yeah. There's going to be cognitive dissonance. Again, there, there's, there's going to be that dissonance because, again, the new man now wants that freedom. It's done tasted that freedom. And now the old man wants to remain in tradition and religion. There's going to be accusation. Expect it. Don't, so when it starts happening to you, you're going to get tickled because you're going to remember hearing this. But you're going to keep moving on and moving on. Okay. So, so be careful, you know, and you're going to have people, we born and bred such and such. No. Where, where, where is that verse? And see, again, when you talk like that, you're you attaching yourself to a denomination. We born and bred Pentecostals, born and bred Baptists, Methodists, whatever the denomination may be. <laughs> I thought you were a child of God. Then there's going to be religious 
ostracism. Go back to the previous teachings to get the verses and the context on that. Okay, so there's going to be agitation, dissonance, accusation, and religious ostracism. Okay, now let's go to Mark 7. And here again, uh, the passage of scriptures that we're going to read, Mark here is dealing with God's law and human tradition. He's dealing with what? God's law and human tradition. You can also say truth versus traditions. You can say what? Truth versus conditions. And I would write this down. This is one of the things that Mark is doing. And you can tell, uh, uh, again, Mark, this is the same John Mark that was in uh, the book of Acts. He was a student or a son, as Peter called him, of the apostle Peter. So what he wrote, he wrote by the revelation of the apostle Peter. And he's, what he's doing, he is opening up the door, listen to this, for the culture of the church that would live in the truth or the reality that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. I said again, Mark is opening up the door for the culture of the church that will live in the truth or the reality that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. Who got that? And see, what I want to get to, because at the end, you know, he talks about how uh, your traditions have made the word of God of none effect and such other things. So we want to see some of those other things because there are those who are being judged by what they wear, what they eat, what day you worship. Well, we, we, we shouldn't be bound by that. You should have the liberty to worship on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. If, uh, if you are serving the true and living God and you choose Saturday, those who worship on Sunday don't knock the man on Saturday, and the man on Saturday don't knock the man on Sunday. But whatever day you do, you, one, you should do it as unto the Lord and not by a command or a tradition. Are you with me? We're going to see this. Mark 7, beginning at verse 1, let's read the verses, then we'll come back and elaborate on each verse. And as I, and this, this bears repeating, you know, and all traditions aren't bad because some traditions are good as long as you're doing them in a proper context, okay? But again, we're talking about things that man has imposed on you as doctrines of God and binding you by it. Just like we just celebrated Passover and um, uh, it, what a, what, it was something else, Pentecost, Okay there's nothing wrong with celebrating and worshiping and, and uh, being reminded of those days, but we're no longer bound by that. So if you do it, do it under the context of understanding what it represents or what it means, but there should, there should be no accusation and condemnation if you're not celebrating. Because, again, Jesus is the fulfillment of those things. Those things were just a shadow until the reality or the substance came, which was Christ. And, and it tickles me because everything, man, of God is right here in the Word. So either people are, it, it, it makes you wonder either you're just driven by tradition, and even though you see it, but you're still preaching what has been handed down, or, or just 
too lazy to study to show ourselves approved unto God. And here, here's the thing you have to remember. I don't care what, what type platform you have. And one of the things social media has done, it has given everybody a platform. So just because you have a platform does not mean what you are putting out is truth, reverend, or not. Verse 1, then the Pharisees and some of the scribes came together to him, having come from Jerusalem. Now when they saw some of the disciples eat bread with the defiled, that is, un with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the traditions of the elders. Do you see that? Because there was no special hand-washing regimen under the law of Moses. When they came from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash their hands. And there are many other, see, and there are many other things which they have received and hold, like the washing of cups, pitchers, copper vessels, and couches. Verse 5, then the Pharisees inscribed, ask him, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? Listen, of the elders, not the word of God. Of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands. Do you see this? And then, too, some of you feel like you're not, listen, you've gotten just in a routine of fasting. Maybe that's what you came out of. Nothing wrong with fasting if God leads you to fast. But, but there, there are no special gifts handed out because you fast. And you shouldn't feel like you miss God if you don't fast every Monday at the same time every week. You'll be amazed what people are bound by and clinging to. And it's just nothing more than religious outward works. I'm going to show you something. Verse 6, he answered and said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you? Hypocrites! As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Verse 7, and in vain, listen to this, they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside... So here's where we get our definition. For laying aside, I know the words say this, but we're going to put it over here. You hold the tradition of men. That's go idol worship right there. So if I hold your tradition, man of God, above God's word, I am now in idol worship. Why? Because I have replaced you above God. For laying aside the commandments of man, the commandment of God, verse 8, you hold the tradition. Look at it. You hold. Just picture yourself, somebody holding that thing. You hold. You hold the tradition of men, the washing of pictures, the cups, and many other things. Such you do. Verse 9, he said to them, all too well you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. <laughs> Then people say, you're doing this new stuff. It's nothing new. You're just stuck in tradition. You're stuck in a pattern. And you can't put new wine in old wineskins. Never be a person who's afraid of receiving the truth. And see, again, you can get such in a rhythm that you dare not ask who started this nonsense and foolery. 
again, hand it down. Everybody, this is what we've always done. Communion's always been on the first Sunday. Why? Who started that? It's not special. Matter of fact, the Word of God tells us to do it as often as you think. You can do this every day. Who, who started it on the first Sunday? Now you have churches yoked up that are afraid if they don't do it on first Sunday. So that's why on purpose, you don't know, we might do it on the fourth. It's not we quiet on the first Sunday. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and he, who re- and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatsoever profit you might have received from me is Corbin, uh, that is the gift of God. Verse 12, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother, making the word of God of no effect to your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such other things you do. Okay, let's look at this. Now in verse 1. Read verse 1 out loud. Ready? Let's read. (laughs) No, 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 no. Let's in unison. Ready? Everyone. Ready? Let's read. Okay, no, verse 1. Verse 1. Look at your name and say, pay attention. Now, here in verse 1, we have a delegation of religious leaders from Jerusalem, and they're coming to evaluate the ministry of Jesus. Now, in outward appearance, these men, their job was to protect Israel from potential false prophets, false messiahs, that sort of thing. So the idea of judging, judging Jesus' ministry was fine. That was innocent. But it was the way that they evaluated Jesus' ministry that was wrong. They came at him in an accusatory way. They were, they were accusing him. And see, a lot of times, just like the Pharisees here or the leaders uh, who came to evaluate Jesus, they had already made up in their mind about Jesus. Their minds were already made up. That this man is wrong. And you can see this in Mark 3. We see another group of scribes from Jerusalem, and they were accusing Jesus of being possessed by the devil. Are you with me? So this delegation from Jerusalem had already made up in their minds about Jesus, and they were looking for something, man of God, to form or to confirm their opinion. It's almost like somebody going judging you based off what they heard. Don't really know you. But they're trying to find some dirt. So when they do confront you, it confirms their erroneous opinion. Are you here? So, and this is what people do. And you see this in the church. They they didn't evaluate Jesus against the measure of God's word. They evaluated Jesus against the measure of their religious traditions. And see, that's what happens in church. A lot of people not being evaluated by the measure of God's word we are evaluating people for a lot of churches by the measure of their traditions, uh, traditional 
uh, or their religious traditions. That's why you hear people, if you have tats on, you hear people being condemned. If you come with pants on, you, you hear people being condemned. Hats or whatever the case may be, they're not measuring you by God's word. See, man looks at the outer appearance, but God looks at the heart of a man. So you have a lot of religions or traditional religions, what they do, they're, they're counting you out before they even give you a chance. That's why sometimes you can't, people can't minister to people effectively. But you, you, you've heard the term, terminology, uh, you have to clean the fist before you what? You have to catch it, excuse me, before you what? Clean it. But most people try to clean the fist before they Cast your fist. So that's why there's a lot of condemning. Well, you can come to church, but you can't wear this. I want you to come to church, but make sure you do this. No, 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 no. See, you're measuring them by your religious traditions. Just come. And nobody should look at you strange. And this is the thing about fishing with a net. When you fish with a net, you're going to get a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a whole lot of this, and maybe a whole lot of that. And that's how it should be. And we all are one in Christ, that is. So the man up here shouldn't look at look down on the man down here. The man down here shouldn't look at look down on the man down here. No, the only superstar is Jesus in the church. Are you here? So, so they were evaluating Jesus against the measure of their religious traditions. And if we're going to win people, we got to stop evaluating people based upon our religious traditions. So you go pick them up ready for church. Whatever they got on, let's ride. Because you can't go with it. You got to go change it. See, you done lost her right there. Bro, you got on jeans. You done lost them right there. Bro, you have shorts on. You have done lost them right. See, why? Because you're measuring him or them against your traditional, your religious traditions. Hmm. Verse 2. The defiled hands or the unwashed hands, they were, notice they were being accused of eating with hands that had not been ceremonially cleansed. And as a result, uh, they were considered unclean. Now watch this. The washing had nothing to do with dirty hands. There was a ceremonial cleansing that they did. It was a ritual. So they would kind of hold their hands in an upward motion. They would pour water over their hands. Then they would turn their hands down where they would pour water. And once the water ran down the wrist, they would turn their hands down. They would wash them again. Then they would take one fish, rub it in the hand. Rub it. It, was, it, 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 was, it was a ritual that they did to appear, Sister Moore, to be righteous. Look at me. That, that's how we do. You want to be seen. See, see that, that's what it's about. Yeah, yeah, I watch my watch out for people who always announce. I mean, because truth be told, we'll know by the fruit. Sometimes the 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 all of the bloviating or all the excessive talk is to appear. I wash my hands today. 
I'm religious. Are you here? So, so see, guys, this is a stronghold in the body of Christ. Wanting to appear. So it had nothing to do with dirty hands. No, it was going through the religious motions of, are you with me? Notice it said the tradition of the elders. So here the elders imposed extra biblical laws and interpretations of scripture that actually supplanted or replaced scripture as the highest religious authority in Judaism. So in other words, they, their traditions were superseding the word of God. Are you here? Look at verse 5. Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders? The Pharisees and scribes. Watch this. They, now, they asked Jesus for explanation of the disciples' allegedly disgraceful conduct. So what they were saying, man, this is, this is a disgrace. You know how people look at you funny when you're not dressed like they dress? Anybody ever experienced that in some of the churches you've been to? Why don't you dress like we dress? Are you here? In reality, they were accusing Jesus of teaching his disciples to obey the traditions of the elders. Now, verses 6 through 9, we get, we get a good glimpse of man exalting his tradition over God's truth. So that's what we see in verses 6 through 9. Now, history reveals, and I, I want to say this just for some historical context. History reveals that the Jewish religious leaders came to honor their tradition far above the word of God. Doesn't that sound like idol worship? Far above, wash your hands. Where's that in the word? Don't, this is what, but before we criticize our Jewish friends, Perhaps we should examine what influence the church fathers are having on our own churches. So we just can't condemn the, the Jewish leaders. What about the churches today? We also may be guilty of replacing God's truth with man's tradition. And I submit to you that's going on in the body of Christ. Look at verse 6. Well, did Isaiah prophesy out of you? What did Jesus call them? Hypocrites. That word hypocrite in the Greek, it literally means uh, an actor under an assumed character. So they were spiritual phonies, sententious, self-righteous. That's, that's what they are. Self-righteous. Are you here? Notice he said, you hypocrites. Notice the elders were more concerned about trivia matters like ritual washing. And you look at the church today, a, a lot of the stuff that they split up about are trivial matters. See, they talk real good about the Lord, but they had no love for him at all. Because if they really had love for him, Sister Moore, their traditions would not have superseded his truth. See, again, a hypocrite man of God, they talk a good game. They give the appearance 
Notice that's why he says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. They followed the traditions of men because of such teaching required only, listen to this. They followed the traditions of men because such teachings only required mechanical, thoughtless conformity without a pure heart. Watch that. Mechanical, thoughtless conformity. I'm more impressed about going through the motions than I am about being sincere or doing it from a pure heart. And see, and this is true too, and I will write this down. It is possible to have the image of being spiritual, but actually be far from God. Or shout the whole service and curse somebody in the parking lot. Well, won't even speak to you after church. Talk about you. But couldn't sit you down doing worship. This was the case for these religious leaders. In other words, the image that they promoted was more important to them than what they actually were. And see, it's the same way today. For a lot of people, Crystal, their image is more important to them than who they actually are. They're not worried about integrity. They just want to come off as one who has integrity. They're not in care. They, they don't care about the truth of the matter, but as long as I come off to you as one having it together. Notice hypocrisy, being sententious, self-righteous, right? Being a phony, spiritual phony. See, when you're self-righteous, again, you're trying to establish your rightness by way of self. Who heard what I just said? I want you to write this down. Listen to what Holy Spirit said. And we're going to get to this, not today, but we'll get to this in his teaching. Notice he called them hypocrites. They're self-righteous, right? Resting, write this down, resting in the finished work of Christ will eliminate hypocrisy in the life of the believer. Good God Almighty. I need to say that again. Resting in the finished work of Christ will eliminate hypocrisy in the life of the believer. Notice, hypocrisy is self-righteousness. You're trying to appear or establish something by what you do. But when you rest in him, you're no longer dependent on your efforts, but you resting in his. And when you understand that, you're, you're not concerned about, well, you're not moved when you don't cross every T and dot every I because you know that my righteousness is not based upon me being perfect. But the hypocrite goes about trying to appear to be perfect. That's why you hear people say, I've been saved 20 years. I ain't never missed it. See, you a lie and the devil is not the truth. No, no, no. You, you, so, so we're not saying you going out intentionally doing things, but see, that's a self-righteous person who, what you're saying, in 20 years, I've never missed God. I've never 
falling short. I, I, I don't know about that one. I mean, you never took an offense. I mean, you never had a wrong thought. I mean, you never clapped back. Never. I mean, 20 years. You know what? That's too much of a burden to carry. That's too much of a burden. Just get up the purpose to do right. No, you're not intentionally going out to try to, to do some nonsense, man. But, you, but if you do happen to fall, you know that I'm still right in the eyes of God and not me trying to be a hypocrite acting like I've never missed it. So if you're resting God, man of God, you won't have to see it'll kill that relying on self. See, it'll kill hypocrisy. That, that, that's profound. It'll, get, it'll hit you tonight. So don't, don't worry about trying to, mm. it, it ain't about being deep. It's about being eye-opening. Revelation is not deep. Revelation is illumination. It's, it's revealing something to you. So it ain't about being deep. It's about being set free. It's about seeing what you're saying. But resting in Jesus, daughter, it, it, it eliminate that self-righteous attitude. See, the self-righteous man can get up, pray at the same time every day. Where when you rest in Jesus, I'm sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He might not want me to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning. This Monday. He might tell me to get up at 4.30. Might tell me to get up at 9. But if I get in a religious routine... Now what you're doing, you're not even opening yourself up to hear God. And he, he may not never told you to do that anyway. Just heard somebody else say it. I get up every morning at 5. I hate you. I'm not you. I worship every day at 9 o'clock. That's you. And, and other people bind themselves to it. Well, Pastor Tracy, does, you're not Pastor Tracy. Minister Gerald does it. You're not Minister Gerald. What is God telling you? See? Oh. You hear? Verse 7, and in vain they worship me, teaching us doctrine the commandments of men. Verse 8, we said another pillar of legalism. For laying aside the commandments of God, you hold the tradition of men. Do you see this? Now, Jesus first indicts them for abandoning all the commandments contained in God's word. So first Jesus, when it was his turn, listen, first of all, y'all hypocrites, you guys done left the word. Then he charged them with substituting God's standard with a humanly designed standard. See, that's what the first is. They put a burden on people. That's why when one pastor Jesus said, listen, all you are heavy laden, come to me. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. What's that one choice? Get, get with the unforced rhythms of grace. That's what I'm resting in. Huh? See, 
when you rely on Jesus, it's much easier. See, even with Israel of old, they could not keep all of those demands. They couldn't keep all of those commandments. It was 600 and something laws. that They couldn't keep them. They weren't designed for them to keep them. They were designed for them to rely and let them know that you need God. So it's, it's a hypocrite who, one, who tries to do it and think your righteousness based on you keeping them. Purpose, purpose, purposefully walk right, but it's not you being or trying to be perfect. That's what makes, that makes you right before God, beloved. Are you here? And, and, and if people would get this revelation, we'll see a whole, and see a lot of people don't want to release a lot of this stuff because it not only will it liberate people, but we'll see people walking in a, a freedom that, that they've never seen. You, you will see churches getting out at a decent normal hour, especially in our culture. You, you, you'll see it. Why? Because the, the burden of man has been lifted. You just look at some of the stuff. If we throw away this and we throw away that, man, you would get home at a decent hour. And I'm not talking about rushing out of worship, but I'm just saying a lot of the stuff that we just have to go through, it, it's, it's man-made and, and people are afraid. And if you do say something about it, you consider it an outcast, you, you, you a rebel, you're trying to disrupt the unity in the church. Huh? Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a rest, a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn. The un- Force rhythms of grace. No, I, I didn't finish reading all the verses. Go back to, yeah. Look at this. Keep coming with, uh, I, I won't let any heavy brother, keep coming with me. Learn from me. No, we missed something. Watch how I do it. There it go. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay any heavy or ill feeling on you. Keep company with me, and you will learn to live freely and lightly. And you will have a religious person. That ain't the King James. King James, first of all, didn't write the Bible. Man didn't write the Bible. Man wrote as God spoke. Okay? So, so, so at one time, King James was just one of the closest to the original text, but matter of fact, King James, here there, the, that's 16th century English. That's not Greek or Hebrew. When you hear dither, hither, and some of you even complain that I can't read it. It's to, it's, 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 it's heathers and dithers and hithers and sithers and my nizzles and sizzles and none of this, and I, I can't get with it. So get you a Bible you can understand. Get you a new King James. Get something modern. And see, here's the thing. Illumination is not changing the word. Bringing clarity on a, on a verse is not changing the word. Changing the word of God is when you 
totally take out of context and say, have it saying something totally different than what God was trying to say. That's when, you do, that's when you're in error. But add, amplifying a verse or bringing illumination to it or greater clarity is not changing the word. Let's move on. Verse 9, he said to them, all too well, you reject the commandment of God that you may what? Keep your tradition. We're almost done for today. Verse, let's see what he was talking about here in verse now, verses 10 through 13, we see examples of traditions dishonoring God's truth. For Moses said, honor your father and mother. And he who curses father, let him be put to death. You see this? Y'all see this? Notice he said, Moses said, honor your father and mother. And he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. Now, both refer specifically to the duty of honoring one's parents which includes treating them with respect and assisting them financially. So in that culture, the son had a responsibility of not just honoring their parents. Within that honor, there was a responsibility, man of God, to assist my parents financially if they needed it. Are you here? A lot of African cultures understand this. Some of us do. That we assist our parents financially. We should want to be in position. See, it, the, 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 oh, I don't want to talk about this, but the roles reverse. When you were young, they provided, they took care of you. And as you get older, no, no, and as they get older, and, and it, it, it's almost like they're not saying they're like babies, but, but, but the, they, they become more fragile the older they get. So now it's my turn to pay you back. And, and not that you can pay them back for all they've done, but it's now my turn to assist you and care for you the same way you cared for me. It shouldn't be mama still, daddy still taking care of you and you 97 years old. No, no, no. I'm at the age now where I can assist daddy and mama. It's a disgrace when you raise kids well and they somewhat throw you to the curb. And, and want to be in position that if I can't take care of you, I got enough money to build an extra wing on my house and I will hire somebody to take care of you. The same way you wipe my nasty behind, I'll do it for you. And if I'm not in position, I'll pay somebody to do it for you. That's how it should be. We don't understand that a lot of time in Western America. We just, just, just be doing dumb stuff. But we should be in position or want to assist your parents now. It's, it's gratitude. Okay? So, so now, I want you to see something. Notice he said, anybody who don't do this, look at the second quotation. It indicates how serious God was. He said, anybody who don't do this should be put to death. Wow, that's serious. Then he, verse 8, he said, but you say if a man says to his father, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corbin, that is a gift from God, then you no longer do anything for his father or his mother. It, it, Corbin is just a Hebrew word that simply means given to God. So in, in essence, what he was saying in that culture, man of God, if, if a, 
a young man said Corbin, then that had to be dedicated to God. That was his way of getting out of providing for his parents. Whereas it doesn't, the text is somewhat ambiguous. It doesn't say, studies suggest that perhaps there was an argument with him and his parents, and he chose not to honor his parents. And the, the religious leaders let him do it because they were getting money, if you will, on the back end. They weren't really taking and doing with it what they were supposed to do. But if I declare Corbin because I'm mad at mama, then you, even under that covenant, if you made a vow to God, you had, you had to keep it. So they couldn't say, no, you need to take it. What, that should have been the case. But they let him, knowing that I'm declaring Corbin, and it was against what Moses taught, because Moses said, no, you suppose you, you supposed assist them financially. So by you declaring Corbin, you are denying your responsibility to assist your parents. And they were not to do that. But again, they let him do it. So that's what that, now it would seem, no, you want to honor God, but what they were doing, they keeping this, and you're not keeping it, you threw away the commandment. The commandment was honor your father and mother. But because he declared Corbin, you let that ride. Who gets what I'm saying? And we got too many people, even today, Declaring Corbin. But the only other thing, it's not coming to the church. We don't know where it's going. Mama not getting it. Daddy not getting it. The church not getting it. We don't know who's getting it. <laughs> Are you here? But Jesus condemned this practice by showing that the Pharisees and scribes were guilty of counseling out God's word and his command to honor one's parents through their tradition. See, their tradition was Corbin. God's word was honor your mother. But in the tradition, if you, if you declare Corbin, we're going to give this to the temple. We're going to give this to God. See, their tradition. You see it? Moses' law was the honor. Man said, if you say it's for God, we're going to dedicate it to God. I know what Moses said. I know what, we, what should be taking place. But just, just, just say Corbin. With, it's like this. Say Corbin, we'll take it from there. And see, and at the same time, they could have took that money and did some other things with it. Just because I declared Corbin. It was supposed to go to the church. And the right thing was supposed to be done. So they either gave it to the church and still it was misused or they did something altogether different. That was their tradition. Then verse 13 says, making the word of God of no effect through your tradition. Which you have, what's verse 13? You got it up there? Which you have handed down. Y'all see this? And many such things you do again. When you make, when you usurp man's tradition over the word of God, it, you deprive the authority, the effectiveness of God's word from working in your life. And next week, I want to pick up in Colossians. And we're going to see some of these other things 
that people are being held by, and it, 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 it's, been, it's been nailed to the cross. Are you here? Let, let, let me tell you something, and I'll pick up here next week. Man's effort to become right before God by keeping the law, you know that was, that was hung on a tree, man of God. That reprieved you from trying to be perfect. Where it was hung on the tree. Where you no longer now trying to carry that heavy burden. Jesus took it for you. So now, if you want to labor at anything, as the writer of Hebrews says, labor to enter that rest. That's what you, you want to work, work the rest. That's what you should be working to do. Are you here? I, look, look, that's why we own this. Because I could tell by that little, some still, that, that religious stronghold. But you, if you're here, you're going to be free. If you're, if you're here, you're going to be free. And, and it, whether you're here or watching by way of line, if you like the religious antics, this is not a place for you because freedom resides here. Liberty rested here. So if you like giving the appearance of having it all together, and, and I, this, this, this not, you're not going to fit in here. Because we, we, live by, we live in a liberty whereby Christ has set us free. Now, if you like uh, the, the hypocrisy aspect, that's the other direction. That's north, south, east and west of us. Are you here? But it is God's desire, beloved, that we walk in a liberty whereby Christ has set us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.